There's an opportunity now to change the business and change the way we work. Welcome to Careers in Fashion. In this episode, we discuss the importance of 3D transformation technology and its impact on emerging graduate roles and skill sets, career planning whilst at university to get ahead and benefits uh, of developing the right skill sets. This is a great listen for students, graduates and alumni exploring their career opportunities. So welcome everyone to um, this Graduate Futures um, London College of Fashion podcast and uh, the topic is fashion tech and its impact on changes in business processes and today we have two guests with us. We have Moy Roberts Islam and he is a technology development manager for Fashion Innovation Agency at LCF and has worked across a range of concept-led fashion tech projects within the creative industries. We also have Emily Rosen, Head of 3D Transformation at Stitch, tech incubator originally founded by PVH Europe, uh, pioneering digital innovation and transformation in the fashion industry, leading a cutting-edge transformation philosophy and product roadmap. So welcome uh, to both Emily and Moy. Thanks for coming uh, onto this podcast. So this podcast will focus on how technology has impacted business development and what this means in terms of future careers and skills trends. Uh, with a particular focus on startup businesses and graduates wishing to develop the right skill set to position themselves for their future careers. Um, and just to give a little bit of background information, it's something that I came to uh, through a project that was run uh, called the Fashion Tech Alliance. It's a UAL research project that I was involved in earlier in the year. And um, it's really looking at sort of how the digitalization of design and development processes are uh, sort of impacting the industry and how that is then impacting sort of business models, um, kind of skill sets that students and graduates might start to uh, develop. Um, and that led me um, into sort of putting together this podcast and the concept around this that would be really helpful for students thinking about their future careers. Um, and it's also how I came into contact with Emily. Um, Stitch was a tech incubator that was part of PVH uh, Europe. Um, and they were also on involved in this Fashion Tech Alliance project. Um, so I thought you'd be a really great person to come on. And obviously, uh, Moi as well, you um, are uh, sort of so involved in um, the sort of digital uh, projects um, across a whole sort of range of different contexts. Um, so if we just start with a really kind of broad question, just to start opening up the conversation, um, how have uh, the 3D technologies you work with impacted business models? So from something like prototyping processes within supply chains through to sales processes, etc. Um, at the Fashion Innovation Agency, we work on kind of a whole range of project, projects uh, with brands, uh, brands and retailers of different sizes. Uh, and different stages of development so and, and and technology has an impact kind of at every stage um the the three main areas we look at are the ways that brands make show and sell uh their collections and um technology has an impact at, at all three stages so uh, on that kind of make side the production of garments is obviously 
digital design, um, all the 3D softwares like Clo, Browseware, Optitex, um, and you know that allows for kind of uh, creating your samples digitally, uh, testing them out, looking for any sort of snags, any kind of uh, fitting issues, that kind of thing. Um, and you know you can make uh, very very quick changes to those prototypes, change the color, change the sleeve length, so on. Whereas previously you'd have you know, sent the tech pack off to a to a, a factory, uh, most likely in another country. You'd make those edits. Uh, you communicate them. There might be something lost in translation. There may not be, but then it comes back a few weeks later. You need to make another edit, and so on. There's a huge carbon footprint to that, and a kind of time lag. Whereas doing this all digitally kind of reduces all of that, and 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 you know makes it just a much more efficient and and uh, sort of sustainable process. So that's kind of the most obvious area to go for. Um, on the showcasing side. Uh, digital products, uh, you know, we've seen, especially in the in the last year or so, while we've been uh, locked down or at least restricted, um, fashion weeks haven't been able to happen in the way that they would have. Uh, and you know, showcasing is a huge part of fashion. You know, uh, twice a year, you've got um, the, the biggest brands going out and, and showcasing their latest collections. And you know, we can't have sort of catwalks in a traditional sense. We can't have all of those uh, presentations where you can go and, and see the garments for yourselves. So brands have had to be more creative with that. So Kind of uh, using digital technologies there you you know some some brands have opted for video options but some brands brands have been a bit more um ambitious with that and, and kind of put digital products out there and had digital catwalks and uh, all sorts of sort of immersive experiences we've even had some kind of vr ar type things happening um which i'm happy to speak about later on that sort of showcasing side and then on the sales side as well um we've seen brands using sort of similar digital technologies um to retail their collections, be it to buyers uh, kind of for, for wholesale, but also sort of directly to consumers as well. Um, and, and we've got, you know, this year especially, we've got lots of data around um, the, the kind of impact of having 3D assets and digital assets on your kind of online presence and the, 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 the increase in conversion as a result. And the, and the figures are quite astounding um, from some of the reports. Um, there was something up uh, by Shopify uh, towards the end of last year that said, if you've got 3D or AR assets um, on your sort of Shopify site, the the increase in sales can be up to 250%, which wow. is astounding. You know, it almost sounds <laughs> at that point, but um, you know, it 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 really does have an impact, and it, and it makes sense. You know, when we go out and shop, we shop in 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 real life in in 3D environments. You can go up to products, you can walk around them, you can pick them up, you can investigate them, and that's much more immersive and much more personal and tangible obviously, um, then a, a 2D interface for a, a web-based platform that's been the same for the last 20 years. And so it, it doesn't take a lot to realize that that kind of interaction, the more immersive you can make it, the more interactive and kind of, again, sort of tangible in the looser sense of the word, um, the more you can make it closer to that experience, the more you're going to have that relationship with the consumer and therefore higher rate of conversion and, and brand loyalty. It absolutely makes sense. I mean, I think there's some statistic on when you go into a store and you touch something, you're far more likely to have emotional connection to it and therefore be more likely to generally be connected and convert to a sale or something. So, you know, it absolutely makes uh, makes sense. Um, and Emily, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I loved everything that uh, Moindish said. I completely agree. And I think, uh, I mean, it's been uh, such a transition, as, especially if you think on the sales side of like, in some cases, many people didn't even have physical samples to sell off of. So how how are you going to continue your business, make sure you deliver for that season, but sell in a different way? Um, and, um, you know, 
as Moyne also touched on, there's uh, many platforms now that can do that. And uh, lucky enough, uh, PVH, who we work with, already had the digital showroom, um, which is created by our sister company, Hatch. So they, they were really set up in that way, which was good. Um, but um, what we really saw and, and are focusing on is really that workflow to do 3D at scale. And that we see really impacts the way the work is done and the way to achieve um, product creation. And I really see that has a huge impact on it because you can do 3D in a small pilot and it's relatively simple to um, manage and oversee. But as soon as you start doing this across a bigger business that does thousands of styles a season, it becomes more chat about consistency and quality and making sure that the output from the product creation teams is consistent across all uh, creatives in that uh, company. So we really see the impact is really big there. It's one thing to um, invest in 3D software as a company, but it's another thing, how are you gonna implement that and make sure that everyone in the business adopts this new way of working? And um, yeah, we're just really excited about it because I think 3D technology also has this wonderful opportunity to change the way the fashion industry works and um, make sure we do things for the better. Uh, sustainability was also touched on. I think it's just a great opportunity to reduce the waste and make sure we, we work in a more sustainable and better way in the future. Absolutely. And I think um the sort of topic of uh you know sustainability is such a driver for sort of 3d technologies and it's certainly something that you know um is very embedded now into um curriculum within uh universities and and we're really starting to see uh, such a huge interest uh from students in terms of their future careers uh whether it's setting up their own business or um you know wanting to move into particular roles this sort of you know their their focus on on sustainability and how that can be uh, sort of embedded into their um, sort of their career path is is something that uh, we're seeing you know more and more of um, and so sort of almost leading on to our next question really um, with this in mind you know the sort of digitalization and the impact of that um, that we're seeing. Um, in the industry uh, all over the world, what's, what areas should students develop whilst they're at university to transition into the workplace, uh, thinking about this sort of uh, digitalization and as you mentioned, Emily, the sort of the sustainable aspects of that? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's such an exciting time to be a student in fashion because um, I think there's so much more opportunity now to diversify your skills and really Make sure that once you do start looking for a job, you can have that skill set that companies are looking for. And we like to call it Team of the Future at Stitch. And we also train within our academy for Team of the Future. Mm -hmm. And with that, we really focus on the creatives that uh, are the designers, the product developers, and the pattern makers. How do you diversify their skill set to be able to use digital tools to their best advantage in each of their specific areas? And, and I think something that is might forgotten or the, the less uh, exciting part is also how do we teach students what the process is around it that's so new. So for us, we, we really look at those two parts, like how can you train yourself to be a good expert in digital tools? So it's like browser clove, but it's also modeling and it's making sure you understand rendering and Rhino, like there's such a breadth that you can become an expert in. 
but mm. also help understand your future company. How can they change their process in the best way? Uh, likewise, once the whole sort of supply chain is digitized, there'll be a whole um, host of jobs that do come about that will become essential and we can't, you know, roll, roll back from there. So, you know, at that kind of production stage, those are the kind of more obvious ones, but there will be things, you know, um, interactive design and so on. And, and um, so as a, kind of going back to showcasing your products, once you've got these digital assets, how's the best, you know, what's the best way to utilize them? What's the best way to put them into an environment that a, a, a customer can engage with? Uh, you know, if, if you're, putting a virtual showroom together, for example, as, as, as Emily mentioned, you know, that they're, they're, they're doing at PVH. If, if you've got a virtual showroom, do you just recreate what's physically possible in the real world? Do you try and, you know, do it like a high fidelity recreation of that? Or do you uh, kind of take advantage of the fact that you're doing this digitally? It doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to be bounded by the laws of physics. You can go completely nuts. You know, it can be floating. It can be upside down. It can be underwater. It can be whatever, it, whatever you want it to be. The, the garments themselves don't even need to be made of, uh, real or possible um, materials. They can be made of smoke, fire, whatever it might be. Um, obviously, the sort of sales ramifications of that are, are slightly different. And then you're kind of getting into digital only fashion rather than physical fashion. But again, that's a whole new avenue for brands to explore because digital only fashion is becoming a thing. But, you know, so there, you know, already there, there's a, there's a whole new kind of stream of fashion that hasn't existed before, but will continue to exist. And you're seeing, um, you know, crossovers between brands and gaming companies like Fortnite and Nike. And, you know, the, the amount being spent on skins every year is going into the billions. And it's, it's a huge industry already. And we're just at the beginning of it. So that just gives an example of, you know, in a very short space of time, digitizing the industry has had a huge impact, huge revenue streams. Um, huge job creation and that will continue to happen as it evolves we're literally at the beginning we're only just starting to find out what's happening brands are only just really starting to pick it up there are mm. some thinking brands out there you know the pvh group are, are have been doing things digitally for, for a long time but there are a lot of brands especially luxury brands are just beginning to pick this up mm. and then when they do pick it up it causes huge excitement like the balenciaga recent presentation was huge and you know it, people went nuts for it and i don't know how many people people it reached but I'm sure it reached more people than they would have reached with a traditional catwalk. Yeah it's great and I think it's interesting picking up on kind of listening to both yourself and Emily and and sort of there's this real uh, sense that I'm getting about from a sort of graduate uh, perspective that what they can really bring is that experimentation you know that they've had they have this this opportunity within their courses to you know sort of test and 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 be quite experimental and you know then when they do move into you know a sort of slightly more sort of commercial uh, workplace that they can bring that kind of those fresh ideas and that sort of experimental uh, sort of practice in and that's actually as a graduate is a real value uh, uh, potentially to, to businesses, as you, you said, that, you know, are only just starting to kind of touch in, uh, you know, or starting to really embed some of these sort of new technologies. If one thing I've learned with these new technologies, you need to be working in them to understand how to solve problems in them. So be curious and push yourself a little bit, but also don't be afraid to make mistakes and make a total mess out of it. So you just close the file and open, open it again and... <laughs> You know, everything's forgotten. So, yeah. Also, also, just in terms of availability of these solutions, these digital solutions, uh, a lot of the softwares we're talking about are free, or certainly to students, they're free. 
um, you know, so you can go out and you can experiment with your digital design. You can, you know, create your 3D assets. You can then um, play around with them in, in software like Houdini or Maya, and then you can put them into game engines and create environments and create interactions like Unreal, Unity. These are both free to use for for um, for students, and and there's hundreds of hours of online resources for how to get better at it. You can become an expert for free. Mm, yeah. That does, um, it's really it's really interesting to sort of think about this and it kind of leads us on quite nicely actually to to sort of the next next sort of question that I wanted to touch in on and this kind of idea of the cross-discipline approach and the sort of cross-pollination of of you know disciplines and ideas and concepts and and skills sets even um, and how they do lead to these sort of um, new changes and shifts and these sort of almost these sort of disruptor uh, you know kind of um, movements um, and we see a lot at the moment with a sort of global growth of incubator and startup businesses um, and how quickly these can grow and develop and how uh, do you think how might these technologies create new and disruptor business models um, and are you, what, what, you know, if you've seen anything or sort of anything that comes to mind uh, around that. I like the idea also about software being available for everyone. So can we all become the creators of what we wear and how that looks? And, and at some point, can you produce this in, on small scale? Like we're so used to, used to mass production and, and that's how we buy and consume. Uh, but what what is this going to do for smaller companies or individual designers? And, and will this open up a bigger, wider market for them? That's something I would be really curious to see. I think it'd be cool. I think I would like to see all of this technology available for everyone. And, and you know, you can become your own creator. Who knows? And kind of slightly sort of tangential to that is, is the kind of the ability for existing brands with kind of complex backstories. Um, you know previously you would have had to almost wait for the consumer to go and find out more about your your product or it would take a long time for you to convey that story and get people to, to kind of understand it but but now with the kind of ability to do things more immersively and 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 digitally and, and kind of create personalized tailored experiences you can um convey a lot more information to your interested consumer base um a lot more easily um there was a project we ran uh, again towards the end of last year uh, for a sustainable brand, Pangaea, um, and we created a, a virtual, um, a virtual immersive experience for them. It was uh, initially going to be a retail experience, but it just became more of an exploratory experience for for customers to get to know the brand. And it, um, they were they they had a new range of flower down jackets. So they have puffer jackets, and rather than being filled with traditional traditional animal down, uh, they're uh, filled with flower down. So it's um, kind of a, a material science process that they've developed themselves and it's quite niche and quite difficult to convey in the in the traditional sense whereas the experience that was created was you know you walk through the Antarctic you're wearing your flower down jacket and you go and you find out more about the product and it's kind of almost gamified for a brand with a a big story to convey information to to a customer that's important to them and that adds value to the product without being too preachy and sort of sit down and or just giving you a whole list of things to read on a, on, a, on a website I think it just sort of opens up um, those possibilities um, and likewise you can do something maybe at, at, at the other end where you can just um, put together an experience that just conveys your brand ethos that doesn't even have to be related to retail 
um, Emily, and, that, and you gave some really good context, actually some really good examples. And I was just wondering, um, you know, Emily, is there anything that kind of leaps to your mind around this sort of disruptive business model? You know, maybe businesses that you have worked with, um, you know, that you've really seen this sort of shift or change or, or you know, sort of maybe even startups. I know obviously Stitch is originally a startup. What's your sort of experience? Well, I think we've collaborated with the Fabricant in the past, and I think they do an amazing job pushing the industry and really making people curious and allowing others to think outside of the box of what we know that fashion can do. Um, but also when I was working at Nike, they do an, a tremendous job at using this for innovation and how how can I use digital technology to make an informed decision on my garment? You know, Nike really focuses on performance. So how can I use this technology to know where people are sweating or where they need more ventilation or more support and can do that behind my computer without going through millions of wear tests trying to figure out uh, what's right or wrong. So I, I really like that area of it too. I, I love the fact that digital can be used to create beautiful haute couture garments. So look at what the fabricant creates, um, but also create really well-performing uh, kits for athletes that go to the Olympics or play in the World Cup. Uh, so yeah, the computational design part of things, I think is utilized a lot in industries like architecture. Um, but is has not been explored yet in fashion, and I'm curious to see where where that's going to take us. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, this you've sort of opened up so many different uh, kind of areas of how 3D uh, sort of technologies are impacting across a business. You know, um, and I'm I'm sort of thinking about what we sort of started with, almost about sort of referencing that back and thinking about. Um, uh, sort of students and their potential skill sets or or sort of um you know uh, and thinking about how fashion tech and and sort of skills and, and the new emerging aspect of that as you've both sort of spoken about quite a lot in a sort of practical sense and so when we look at sort of more traditional roles we're seeing that they're really pivoting uh, to adjust to new technologies so for example uh, i mean a role within uh, product design could evolve to become a system uh, designer role um, and, and what kind of skills can a student develop now to sort of almost future-proof um, you know themselves when they're, they're going to move into industry that's a tricky one that's um <laughs> kind of as, as we've, we've kind of both alluded to there's such a broad range of, of things out there yeah sure I, sure I, I think the probably the best advice to give is is to follow your interest follow your interest and see what's new in that area because there is so much out there yeah. you know, there's all the softwares we've mentioned and and at lcf we have our digital learning lab and we try and um, allow the students to access all those softwares and, and get to know them and you know that there's there are courses being run uh, in each of those softwares and likewise we've run um, courses at the FIA um, with the digital learning lab um, for to, to learn about AI and the uses of AI in fashion uh, not just data scraping and, and kind of um, uh, optimization of suggestions and so on we'll, we're also looking at the creative side of AI and um, uh, so style transfers and, and generating new dresses, so training an algorithm on what a dress is, giving it 40,000 instances of what a dress is, and then it comes up with its own instance of this is a dress. It, it's, um, you know, just any area of interest, I think, is the way to go. 
um, with that sort of thing. Um, and if your interest is marketing or journalism or whatever it may be, there are innovations in all of those areas. You've just got to go out and find them, find out what's happening, what's new, what piques your interest. And because it's so new, you can take it further. Anything that you do in that area will probably be quite new and it'll be something other people want to hear about and then other people want to learn from you you've got a chance to kind of build an industry actually right now it's quite exciting um, I don't know if I'm making that too big a thing I hope it's not I think that really is the case that's where we're at so I think go with your interest yeah definitely and I think as you said it's almost a, uh, you know it, it's it's um it's a real enhancement as well, you know, an opportunity to say, well, this is an area I'm really interested in, uh, but, but how can I enhance that? How can I enhance myself as, as almost as a human being in some ways, you know, <laughs> and tap into these technologies to really in, enhance my skills and what I can offer a, um, a business. Um, and uh, Emily, what's your sort of uh, perspective on this? Well, yeah, I second everything that was just said. I, I completely agree. And there's an opportunity now to change the business and change the way we work. And uh, everything is still so new. I think most companies are just starting to invest in these technologies and adopting them into their workflows. So especially as a graduate now, you have so much opportunity to join a company and be at the frontier of something new. And I just think that's exciting. You have an opportunity to change the business for good and change it for better this time, right? Less production, uh, less need for travel. Uh, you can sell before you make. Uh, yeah, I think it's exciting. And yeah, be just just like Moy said, be curious and follow follow where your interest takes you. Um, and uh, yeah, just if you get the opportunity to do a small project or 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 do a, a course in something you never know where it's going to take you so yeah definitely go after it mm. and would you sort of say from listening to that kind of collaboration seems to be something that's that's kind of leaping out as well you know this sort of going back to that cross discipline and collaboration uh to really help you sort of grow your skill set i guess yeah definitely and it, and also I see so much closer collaboration between the traditional roles in fashion. I see pattern makers and designers and product developers really getting together and, and building this uh, digital world together because you're more dependent on each other than you ever were before. Mm. I, I second that collaboration. I mean, that's the heart of what we do at the Fashion Innovation Agency. You know, we go out and we, we work with uh, brands and retailers and technology companies and and we try and find a way to fit them together that's kind of meaningful for both sides and, and then put that that kind of output out into the industry and, and show it the industry look here's how we can work together and here's how it moves all of us along um, and, and it comes up with new results that you would never have come to independently in yeah. the same with the AI it generates a, a result that may not be the finished product where you want to go but it takes you somewhere you wouldn't have gone previously uh, had you not used it yeah absolutely um uh, yeah i think we see a, a lot of that you know and it's a really uh you know it's being a student um you know at lcf there's so many opportunities to engage and collaborate you know as you said with uh you know with yourselves or with you know other students in a sort of more peer-to-peer -peer scenario um and i think that's kind of definitely a, a sort of key skill or way in which you can sort of uh, future proof yourself so to speak or or sort of develop your skills 
um, around sort of uh, looking outside of just your discipline uh, and keeping yourself very kind of current and thinking about the future. Um, and sort of just to sort of round up a little bit, um, you know, do you have any sort of lastly, do you have any kind of final bits of advice that you might um, give to students entering the sector at this time, thinking sort of particularly about, you know, could be setting up a business, becoming a freelancer uh, or just wanting to develop their sort of skills uh, and preparing themselves for sort of moving into the industry? I think uh, yeah, digital tools are essential right now. Mm -hmm. to have as in your yeah. skill set even if you're just a beginner um i think if you have digital skill set as a freelancer you definitely have an edge over others and if you're starting at a company that's doing a 3d pilot get on board because it's gonna it's gonna be big i'd second all of that um just yeah get get involved in everything that you hear about that's of interest to you even if it's of interest but isn't directly relevant it may throw up something that is um and yeah just upskill yourself there are so many opportunities out there as we said there's a lot of free softwares a lot of free courses just go out there find out new stuff um you know this really is an age of knowledge is power um, you know and, and if you want to have an edge if you want to be able to stand out in the crowd you need to find something new that's going to grab people's interest grab people's attention um but also stay stay true to what means something to you because mm. there are innovations across the board there are ways to improve on everything that's out there uh, so if you find your area and make it as good as it can be and showcase that to the rest of the industry showcase that to your audience that audience is easy to find and you know it'll gain momentum and yeah as I was saying before this is a chance to kind of build a whole new industry build something new build an area that's just your own sort of carve out a whole area of the industry that you know this is me that's my area of expertise no one does it the way I do it someone else will come along and do something just next to you that's similar but not quite the same and everything grows out from there and then collaborate with them don't see them as your competitor maybe work together yeah, that's great. And I, I I really like that. You know, I think that's, um, you know, it's something that um, uh, whenever you sort of look at a student's profile in terms of sort of skills and they're looking to move into industry, um, this this sort of teamwork, this sort of collaboration, this cost cross discipline experience, I think is such an asset to them um, because we they don't know necessarily you may start at one point in your career, but, you know, sort of five years later, you might be somewhere quite different. And it's a bit, you know, to be able to have that in your background and be able to sort of demonstrate that I think is really really important yeah amazing thank you so much for your passion <laughs> and your insights we've covered a really sort of broad breadth uh, of areas today and I hopefully the students have found it really helpful and um, you know and yeah please do check out um, Stitch because uh, it's amazing <laughs> and it's an, you know, it was uh, an incubator originally so you know again that's sort of anyone interested in sort of starting up their own business it's you know um, always good to look at sort of different models and then again the fashion innovation agency you know that's available for students uh, you know to, to sort of connect with and um, so again you know to take advantage of those things as we talked about in terms of collaboration and, and kind of cross-discipline sort of skill sets is, is definitely the way forward for the future. So I'd just like to thank both of you so much for your contribution. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs>